Hello and welcome to the That's So Region podcast. I am your host, Dan Reardon, night editor of The Times. And to my left, we have a special guest this week. Laura Lane. I am the digital news director here at The Times. And uh, Laura is graciously filling in for both Krista and Carrie, who are in undisclosed locations. I'll do my best. <laughs> and with me, as always, is... Uh, Joseph Pete. I am one of the worst SoundCloud rappers in the world, and the world's leading authority on the 1998 uh, police thriller, The Negotiator, with Sam Jackson and Kevin Spacey. And uh, the <laughs> short-lived television show, Cop Rock. Um, <laughs> both who later went on to have their own master classes. Sesame Street has gone dark in Northwood. Before we do that, um, Amazon. Amazon coming to the region, Joseph. Yes, apparently we've been bypassed. We're allegedly the crossroads of America. We've got that great intersection in Cherville at US 30 and Indianapolis Boulevard or US 42 or whatever. That's so billed as like the crossroads of America. We're right outside, you know, the third largest metropolitan area in the country and the midwest and we've been bypassed for amazon for years they've built um, warehouses in joliet in Moni, in southeast wisconsin they have like eight of them down in the indianapolis area we've been completely bypassed in the region we had a couple unsuccessful bids for the amazon headquarters they've led to some other investment but now apparently an amazon delivery station is coming here it's not one of those giant warehouses like you've seen where it's a million square feet at other places but it's like basically it's the last um, they take the already packaged items and it's the last leg of the delivery where they're taking it from there to your house. They're doing it's not clear at this point. Everybody's kind of mum on it. Um, they're, they're, they rolled this out more uh, this year. They're looking for like kind of a way they don't want to rely entirely upon the Postal Service and FedEx and those carriers. So they're trying to build up their own like delivery network and they're partnering with franchisees from around the country. And one of them is apparently coming to Gary, it looks like. They've been advertising for scores of different jobs, like involved, you know, logistics types jobs, but delivery drivers and people who are gonna be moving around uh, boxes and so forth, as well as managers in uh, Gary and Munster. Uh, Munster hasn't heard anything about the plans. Gary says there's gonna be some kind of economic development announcement in the next couple months. And um, they're finally gonna establish some kind of like footprint here. They've been around since 1994, and we've been completely uh, shut out previously. Laura, at some point, we're all going to be working for Amazon, it seems like. <laughs> it, it feels like it. Um, I just want to know, is this going to help fuel my Amazon Prime shopping addiction? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It might make it faster. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be that immediate gratification as drones are, are, are flying all over northwest Indiana, dropping off every little tchotchke we buy on, on Amazon Prime. In sort of a sort of a less jokey way, in sort of a real way, I mean, is this is this a big economic uh, boom for for Northwest Indiana, or is this just the start? You think? Um, it honestly depends. It's it's hard to say. It's we don't know yet how many jobs, like how big this is going to be, what the investment is going to be, that type of thing. It looks like this is something they might be rolling out like nationally. Just they won't be getting like they won't be handling all the Amazon deliveries, but they'll be handling some of them if it's like more cost effective and everything. And I do know some people. Like I have a friend who's a Prime member. Just so he works two jobs, and it's just so he can have the um, Whole Foods delivered because he doesn't have time to go grocery shopping. So he he's prime just for that reason. Uh, Amazon has said in other places this doesn't necessarily speed up the service at all, but it does it doesn't hurt to have. Basically, they're going to be Amazon Prime vans driving around now, making deliveries to people's like you know homes, I including mean, possibly the Whole Foods. Yeah. Regardless, it'll be bringing in more jobs, and I mean we don't know exactly how many yet, but. It'd I would be think, helpful. Yeah, I would think logistic jobs too are probably pretty well-paying positions. I don't know. 
Depends. I've heard some horror stories about Amazon and the way they treat their employees. But yeah, some of the uh, the warehouse ones, they've been, you know, they've had people on food stamps, getting public assistance, that type of thing. They haven't paid particularly well. It's hard to say with these ones. No salary information is uh, posted. But they've there's also been like talk about mistreatment of the warehouse workers, where they've been forced to, you know, they don't let them go to the bathroom, that kind of thing. But part of the problem with that too is that like a lot of those jobs might be automated out of existence in like you know 10 to 20 years right it might be all robots apparently that Moni factory or whatever in the south suburbs is almost entirely like ro- uh robots like you know <laughs> my younger brother did work in an amazon warehouse i don't remember exactly which one i think mm-hmm. it was out in kankakee county um but they worked really well around his school schedule he's a full-time college student so it's not all horror stories thankfully how, how was it or he liked the job. I mean, it was overnight hours, so it's a little rough. But, I mean, they worked around a schedule. If he had to have a day off because he was getting ready for a huge test, they, his bosses were nice about it. I think as long as you pay alms to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was praying to a shrine <laughs> So the world's richest man will only get richer <laughs> thanks to the hard work of Northwest Indiana residents. Um, let's uh, switch topics here. I teased it earlier. That's called a tease in the business, by the way. Um, <laughs> Sesame Street has gone dark in the region. Lakeshore PBS. Joseph, you f- wrote this story. It was pretty popular online. A lot of people, uh, you know, obviously uh, are fans of Lakeshore PBS. Kind of give a breakdown of what happened. Uh, I've been getting a lot of calls about it, too. A lot of people are wanting to, like, updates. Like, well, when is my PBS going to be coming back on? Um, there are, it's not the only PBS, there's also WTTW, right, we're fortunate to be in an area where you have a lot of, you know, stations, some of, not much of their programming is redundant though, because they've deliberately tried to schedule, so it's like a supplement versus like redundant or whatever, right. but they have, um, they've had this horrible storm where, um, this horrible storm, it's been down for more than a month now, that knocked down their tower, they have a, they're based in Maryville, but their tower is down by, uh, Cedar Lake. And they have a 950-foot transmitter out there, and it got completely knocked down in the storm. They thought it was all right. They're going to be able to repair it. They're going to be able to get it back online. But it turned out, like, as the engineers were working on it, it was completely damaged beyond repair. And then they um, – it takes forever to get a new one in right now because there's this huge backlog nationally because all these uh, TV stations around the country are needing to replace their uh, their transmitters because there's, there's an FCC spectrum auction and station repack. So that there's like back order from the factory. It'll take until September 26th till they can get the, the new one in. And they were hoping to put in a temporary one to kind of restore much of their signal since then. And that, But the problem was they went in to set it up and then it got vandalized. So it's been like a perfect storm of, it was vandalized like overnight, uh, probably by some kids or something. There's no reason, they had no reason to believe that they, you know, they were targeted specifically, but they did report it to police. And it helped them. It hurt them from getting their their signal back on to like some of the areas that have been denied. It is worth noting too. This does not affect Comcast customers. Comcast does have like a backup system that's been in effect, and they've continued to broadcast. Uh, you know, people are subscribing on Comcast, but everybody else um, who's relying on it over the airwaves or other cable providers or satellite TV or whatever have not been able, unfortunately, to use. You know, Lakeshore PBS, and it's you got a lot of popular kids programming and adult programming. You know, Dinosaur Train, Arthur, Sesame Street, Antique Roadshow. You know, Down and Abbey's not on anymore, but they do have like a, a Down and Abbey rocks or something like retrospective of how great it was. <laughs> so we're, like, sure, we're, we're sure it was kids who vandalized it. Wasn't a marauding group of libertarians <laughs> that were against publicly funded television. 
the, the, I don't know how you could be against Sesame Street. Yeah, these people, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the full weight of the law should be uh, used against whoever these vandals are. Maybe uh, it was Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, or maybe one of the grown-ups, like Maria. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, kind of a crazy story. Um, any any timetable, Joseph? Or They're hoping September 26th everything yeah. should be back up. But it's kind of in the air. They have a lot of work to do. They have to basically put in a whole new transmitter. And it's uh, they've been getting... They're worried about the long-term effects on their business, too. Sure. Because people's viewing habits change. Like, people are very particular. Especially now with every sort of outlet you have. I mean, it can change on a, on a dime. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So. And they're, they're worried about losing some other people in the meantime. But they've been getting all these calls. And uh, people are just wanting to know when they're going to be back on. They're wanting to know why it's been down so long. They're missing, you know, some of their favorite programs. And, you know, hopefully this doesn't hurt them too much in the long run. Uh, maybe it'll help with their next fundraiser. Fundraising right. drive, they'll be able to cite this. We might need more than tote bags for this one. Yeah. But we do, we're do. we wishing them, uh, you know, to be able to get up and running soon. It's a, I, I'm i a big fan of public television. I don't know about you yeah. guys. But uh, I think it's a great service that's provided the community. And it's, it's really, I mean, I know we have... WTTW out of Chicago, but uh, you know, it, this is the That's So Region podcast. I mean, we like to, as Joseph says, keep it local. So we really hope that they get back up and running. They have a lot of local pro, local programming too yeah. that they put on. Um, they've got a lot of. They used to do more TV. They had, did more. They had the Lakeshore Report, and they used to do more reporting. You used to run into the reporters out on stuff, but right. now it's more talk shows because it's kind of cheaper to produce, and they face yeah. a lot of the same pressures we do. But it's like one of the few places in Northwest Indiana that's putting out like local content. Yeah, we're not re- we're both media, but we're not really competing with them. They're doing you know television. We're not right. really in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it's sad whenever you have fewer media voices out yeah, there. For sure, no one wants to see me on television. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. I have a voice for or I have a face for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moving on, uh, this is a story I actually wrote. I don't write much. I'm an editor here. but And you uh, did a hell of a job with it, I must say. Oh, thank you. Sure. Or, uh, <laughs> That's right. As, as a lapsed Catholic, my mom was thrilled that I talked to a nun the other day. Um, I talked to uh, Sister Mary Jo Sobiek. Uh, she's a theology teacher at Marian Catholic, where uh, 136 kids from the region go to Marian Catholic. They have, a, they have a strong region presence. And she gained some overnight viral fame on Saturday night, uh, she was at the White Sox game. It was Marian Catholic night, um, and so it's a Marian Catholic theme. They're 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 marching band, which is like one like thirty nine straight state titles. That's did almost the, like unbelievable. Did, did the national anthem <laughs> and then yeah, full disclosure, Laura Lane is a TF South alum, yep. so <laughs> this pains her a little bit, but. Uh, so, uh, Sister Mary Jo, or Sister Mojo, as she's known to um, the kids there, came out and threw one of the best first, and I'm not saying this because she's a nun or a woman, one of the f- best first pitches I've ever seen from a non-professional <laughs> athlete. It was a 12-6 to curveball. It landed right in the glove of uh, uh, White Sox pitcher uh, Lucas Giolito. He could maybe take some lessons on how to get the ball over the plate. Um, he's a new pitching coach. Yeah. Move over yeah. Don Cooper. <laughs> Sister Mary Jo is now the pitching coach. Um, and she just had a lot of, you know, she, she really put on a show for everyone. So it went viral. She gets flown out to New York. She does the, the morning talk show circuit. She does Good Morning America. She does Fox and Friends, so I'm sure our beloved President Trump saw it. Um, she did First Take, which is an ESPN show. Um, so she got a lot of... Uh, 
uh, reaction. So we did a little story to follow up and sort of connect Marian Catholic and uh, sort of the region ties. One of the one of uh, the re- most recent alums is Tommy McDermott, Mayor McDermott, and Marissa Mc- Judge Marissa McDermott's son graduated there from 2018. So uh, I think. This is a rarity. Uh, all three uh, participants in the That's a Region podcast are White Sox fans. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, it, we do it, need some depth to uh, behind Kopech and the rotation. I know. So I'm wondering if we can sign her on. I just hope we don't find racist tweets from the system. Until we get milkshake talked to. What do you feel like that this is the biggest news to come out of the White Sox season so far? Well, one, the, one, I was one. there for Kopech Day, and it was electric. It was yeah, the fans were, were excited it, about it was them. completely packed despite the rain, despite it being a weeknight game, despite it being a game against the incredibly mediocre Minnesota Twins. Right. Um, and people were there was electricity. People were applauding. People were there was most more excitement there probably than any day since opening day. But um, I, it's been a banner year for sports-loving Chicago nuns. We also yeah. we must <laughs> not, not be remiss and fail to mention Sister Jean with Loyola, their unofficial mascot and, you know, good luck charm and talisman to help lead them to the Final Four. But the, I think part of the reason with Mar- Sister Mary Jo went so well was just her swagger going yeah. out there, bouncing yeah. the ball off her bicep. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. She yeah, knew was. what she was doing. <laughs> she showed yeah. total confidence and total, just like yeah, she was like, <laughs> yeah, it she wasn't. Had, she had the like swagger of Jay Z, throwing it into like yeah, like yeah. third base line or whatever. Right. I mean, you, we've seen some famously bad first pitches. Fifty Cent, uh, former <laughs> President Obama, had a less than stellar one. Gary Delabate from the Howard Stern Show, also known as Baba Booey, had one of those. Uh, yeah, right down the middle. I was impressed by it. Now, Laura, if you could take off your TF South blinders for just a moment. Oh, this is hard. Uh, <laughs> can you at least show some respect? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm saying she should. I think she should be hired on as a pitcher, at least you know a mid relief for the yeah. White Sox. Um, a couple good innings every yeah, yeah every, every other night. I can see it. I can honestly say I don't know that. I mean, maybe my TF South teachers, former teachers, would say otherwise, but she probably threw the ball better than some of my teachers at TF South kiddos. So <laughs> I I wouldn't be shocked by that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, my only caveat if she were to join the team is that she has to remain in her full habit. For sure. Yeah. So we'll just get more, the Sox emblem. Right, and that was even yeah. more impressive, too. And I, it really, it's a fun story, but, it, I mean, Sister Mary Jo said it's kind of a transcendent moment because as you know, she's in the habit, she's a she's a woman, she's, you know, probably, you know, I don't want to speculate her age, but she's, you know, not a kid, that it's resonating with a lot of different people. It's resonating with Catholics. It's resonating yeah. with young girls who are in the sports, you know. It's uh, it's a it's a very I think it's a very cool story. I'm glad we were able to sort of localize it. Um, Joseph, uh, where, where does sister? If we had to if we had to do a, uh, a celebrity Chicago sisters draft, <laughs> who's the number one pick? Is it Sister Jean or is it Sister Mary Jo? Sister uh, Jean's reign lasted longer. Yeah, she was on TV. It's hard to she was on television for a good like couple month or so, like for all March Madness. So. It's uh, she was just exposed a lot more, and CBS was really promoting the heck out of her. Uh, it's, this might end up in the Sox highlight reel. Oh, it will. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been a, a pretty bleak year yeah. as we as we um, head toward the third round or the third highest draft pick with the third worst <laughs> record in the. You know, but. maybe you know Chicago's always looking to add a fifth star to its city flag. Maybe the fifth star can be celebrity nuns. Can be because yeah. you know, the former hog butcher of the world is now the main exporter of celebrity <laughs> Catholic nuns. So um, it's very exciting. Um, 
with uh, with a three man rotation this week, uh, much like the White Sox, we don't have much depth. This week. <laughs> um, we're gonna have a truncated version of that. So, Regent podcast, Lori, I know you've been on here before, but you may not uh, remember what we do every week is we give recommendations. So. I'm going to let Joseph go first to show you how it's not done. You'll want to do the exact opposite. Noted. Joseph, what do we got? All right. Well, To Be or Not To Be is the Gary Shakespeare production of Hamlet, which has been touring around. It's free. It's everywhere on August 25th at 7 p.m. You can see it at the Chesterton Amphitheater, Coffee Creek Watershed Preserve. It's at Marquette Park in Gary's Miller neighborhood on August 26th at 7 p.m. And then from September 16th through uh, or 15th and 16th, it's going to be on at 7.30 and 2.30 p.m. at the new Arts and Sciences building across from the main IUN campus. They've got two beautiful new theaters in there. It's worth checking out, just if you've never been to any of the productions uh, yet. Then also, um, there's still the Warhol exhibit in Michigan City. That closes on October 13th. It's a big blockbuster exhibit where they have a lot of the iconic uh, images like the Moonwalk, Annie Oakley, all that great pop art from Andy Warhol. I also strongly recommend um, this weekend you have Cout's Pork Fest, which was once scheduled during the same um, as the Portage Bacon Fest, but sadly we have less pork this year, but it's still, it's, it's been a very long running uh, tradition down there in Porter County. It goes from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. August 25th. Um, then also the Kielbasa Fest is there to clog your arteries in East Chicago on August 25th from noon to 8 p.m or noon to 12 p.m. We do well with these Polish health food festivals in the region, <laughs> and we got kielbasa now in addition to, of course, Whiting's famous pierogi fest. Maybe people can make a day of it. They can start out in couch. <laughs> yeah. Big Frank Sausages is, of course, going to hold it down and serve a lot of the kielbasa. It's a definitely a place worth checking out if you haven't been there. And then, um, finally, the Tour de la Porte. The bike ride is going to be taking place in um, Laporte this weekend from today until August 26th. It's got a half marathon, a 10K, 5K run, as well as the bike racing. Um, I guess I'm going to kick it over now. Go ahead and kick it over to Laura. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll keep it in Laporte County. Um, I'm going to talk about the Laporte County Dog Days. Anything that I can bring my dog, Franklin, to, I'm all for. And this is a great event that's going to support local animals and It'll bring pet lovers together with a variety of owners, or vendors with vets and groomers, so you can kind of see where you could take your pets in the region. To it's just it'll be a fun day. And uh, <laughs> you, if you've never uh, you've seen Frank, you've probably seen Franklin. He's a bit of a celebrity. You probably don't even know it. He has graced the pages of NWI.com. He has. <laughs> he was featured in the Dog Days of Summer thing that we did earlier this summer, and he makes regular appearances in the newsroom as well. He, he does. He's, he's more <laughs> well-received than any other person in the newsroom. It's like work stops immediately. And people when, come running with joy. <laughs> Frank, Frank, yeah, he's, he's like the Pied Piper of the Times newsroom. So um, I actually have one more, just very briefly. Of course you do. We Go did ahead. the Gucci Main. We did the Gucci Main episode a couple weeks ago we about did. the Hammond Pavilion is going to be, or the Wolf Lake Pavilion is going to be hosting, you know, Gucci Main MTI. They also announced that the Steve Miller Band is going to be playing there coming up. Um, Go to find tickets online, but they're trying to make it into a concert venue that'll appeal to like a wide range of people, whether you like rock, rap, or country. It's not all going to be rap acts. Um, something for everyone. Yeah, something for everyone. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh, I hope they play the Joker. 
I, so, <laughs> I wonder if they're going to end with it. It's hard yeah, to say. It reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer goes to see Bachman Turner Overdrive, and he just keeps yelling, play taking care of business. And <laughs> the singer goes, we already did. And so Homer goes, play it again. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Valpo Night Ride. We'll go over to Porter County. Oh, you've, yeah. been, you've, been eating, you've been eating pork and kielbasa all day long. Now you need to work it all off. Get on your bike, ride. and it's a night ride. Um at the Butterfield Family Pavilion over in Valpo. Um, we, we cover these sort of night rides from time to time. There's always great art that comes out of it, so, um, and, and it always seems like- People decorate their bikes. Yeah, really it's, cool. it's, it's a really, they're really cool events, so I can't re- recommend that highly enough. Get over to Porter County, do a three-county swing this weekend. Take your dog up to LaPorte, you know, come back to, to Lake County, eat some pork and tubed meats, and then head over to Porter County and ride your bike. I have one last one. Speaking of the White Sox, on sep- I believe it's September 4th or September 6th. You might want to check. But they're going to have Riot Fest night at uh, the Guaranteed Rate Field where Riot Fest is going to come in. They're going to be giving away free tickets to entire rows of people. If you catch a home run ball, you get a free VIP pass to Riot Fest this year. Um, they're one of the best music festivals in the city. And, you know, they're teaming up with the White Sox. So, so you'll see me at the White Sox game that night. If I'm off, I'm definitely going to Riot Fest. I would say outside of Pitchfork is probably my favorite. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> festival around here. So Pitchfork for the new stuff. Riot Fest for the nostalgia acts. Right, exactly. Yeah. So anything I liked in the early 2000s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, well, you know what? We're going to call it a week at the That's So Region podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Thanks to Laura for stepping in, uh, batting Thank cleanup. You. And uh, Joseph, what do you what do you want to want to say to the crew I here? I think there's something I want to say. What, what, what I'm is not it? sure. How does it go? I, I forget how it goes. It's something to the effect of uh, keep it region. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>